Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Can we show some excitement and let's glorify Jesus tonight? Let's glorify Jesus tonight. Show it up in your chat room or in this chat room. Show it up, show it up. Show some excitement. Love upon Jesus. Get excited about how good he is, how loving he is, how mighty he is, how awesome he is, how amazing he is, how good he is. Can you just love upon Jesus this evening and just thank him. Thank him for his loving kindness. Thank him for his tender mercies. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Thank him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you praise. You are good to Israel. Truly good is God to Israel. Truly good is God to the tribe. Truly good is God to the PowerPoint track. Truly good is God to you. Can you tag your neighbor and say, truly good is God to you. Amen. Truly good is God. Hallelujah to that. So truly good is God. Truly God is good. Oh, what a joy tonight. Let's just get excited because God's word is coming to you. God's word is coming to you. God's word is coming to you. All right, this time you're not talking to anybody. Say, God's word is coming to me. God's word is coming to me. Personally, God's word is coming to me. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you excited tonight? Are you excited to receive God's word? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. God's word is coming to me. God's word is coming to me. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share God's word with your people again and again and again. I never take it for granted, Lord. I ask that authors be released upon my vocal cords and let me speak your word like an oracle of God in the name of Jesus. I pray that everyone on the sound of my voice is blessed, edified, strengthened, and encouraged by the teaching of your word and through the ministry of the Holy Spirit tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you can hear me very loud and clear, please let me know you can hear me very loud and clear. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. You know, <laughs> hallelujah, such a blessing, such a blessing to teach God's word. Um, I mean, I was listening to Pastor Inca teach on Sunday and was, I was so blessed. Thank you so much, James, for that very rich word once again. And um, like again, like I like to say again, it's always an honor that I grow up to for granted the opportunity to share God's word with you and to just inspire you through the teaching of God's word. Tonight, by God's grace, I'll be teaching on what I titled Contending for Your Faith Abrahamically. All right. So, Pediastotos to Abrahamai stories. <laughs> and so, in keeping with that protocol, um, let's title this Contending for Your Faith, or rather, Contending for Your Health Abrahamically. Contending for Your Health Abrahamically. That's, that's the title of my teaching. And before I go so far into this teaching tonight, I'd like to show you two extra reasons, two extra reasons why you should contend for your health, two extra reasons why you should live a life that is full of vitality and vigor, all right? Two extra reasons why you shouldn't just be seeking healing. You should be a dispenser of sound health, all right? Two extra reasons. Number one is because you cannot give what you do not have. You cannot give what you do not have. All right, it, it takes a person who is healed and health, healthy by himself to be able to dispense healing. And God did not call us to just be receivers of healing. He has called us to be dispensers of health. 
And so if you cannot receive healing for yourself, how do you intend to get other people saved? How do you intend to get other people healed? How do you intend to get other people sound in their mind? See the way Jesus went about doing good healing all the way oppressed of the devil. How do you intend to do that if you are bound by the devil? If you are bound by sickness, if you are tied to one chair, tied to one wheelchair, tied to one bed for long hours, long days, long months, long years. How do you intend to fulfill the plan of God for your life and liberate others as well to do the will of God? All right. So it is an impossibility for you to lay hands on the sick and for the sick to recover if you yourself are incapable of laying those hands. If you yourself are incapable of standing on your feet, how could Paul, you know, strike forth his hand at the man on Israel in Acts 14? If Paul couldn't stand himself, how could Peter lay hand on that man at the gate called Beautiful and pull him up on his feet? How could he do that? He, Peter was not himself standing on his feet. And so that the minimum requirement to be able to be a dispenser of the healing anointing is that you are by yourself healed. And so if you're going to have the opportunity to heal any other person, you had better already have your healing sorted. You better have your healing, you know, and your health established. And that's the first reason. The second reason is this. Believing God for your health is the minimum requirement for other types of faith works. And I'm going to explain what I mean. If you have not learned to believe God for your own healing and for your own health, it is going to be very difficult for you to believe God for other things in other areas. The reason is simple. Your health is one of the only domains where only your faith is required. Only your faith is required in that particular domain of health. When it comes to the domain of marriage, at least you need another person to agree with you. When it comes to the domain of career, you know, business, entrepreneurship, there are other factors beyond your faith. There's the market forces. There are the forces of, you know, the boss, you know, the, the recruiter, the HR personnel. These are all the factors that play out when it comes to your career, when it comes to business, when it comes to other areas of your life, family, even ministry. You can't do ministry by yourself. I have to do a lot of canvassing, all right, spiritually led. Uh, all right, I have to tell people, you know, I feel in my heart, I sense in my heart that the Lord will have you join this work, and then they will go and pray about it, and then they will say, okay, well, God has given me the last. Some people are told to join, but they couldn't join or they didn't join because it is literally left to them. All right, my faith cannot, you know, bully their faith and say, just join me. It doesn't matter what you pray about or what you receive from God. But when it comes to my health, when it comes to my healing, I don't have to depend on anybody's response. It, is, it has no dependency on any other factor apart from my faith. If I believe I receive it right now, if I believe I receive it right now, and so it is in the place of your healing that you can practice faith shots. All right? So see your own personal health as that range where you can practice faith shots, where you can practice your faith shots and begin to just give it a go. And you know, this headache, yeah, that's an opportunity to practice a faith shot. And then you give it a go and then you attack that headache and you attack that, you know, migraine, you attack that stomach ache, and you attack it by faith. And as you begin to do that, you are growing. You're growing by faith. You're growing in faith. By the time you have to believe God for money, it won't be so difficult. By the time you have to believe God for a partner, it won't be so difficult. You have to believe God for some big resource or a project. It won't be so difficult because you have been practicing it with your own health. But by the time you are not able to practice faith with your own health, it is literally impossible to practice faith in any other domain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And this is why anyone who is extremely, you know, dependent when it comes to their healing, 
will be dependent in every other area. When it comes to the you know, interruption of the anointing in a person's life, you will be dependent in every other area because you've not learned to stand on your feet as far as your healing is concerned. Because that is an area you alone have the prerogative. You alone have the exclusive right to determine the outcome of how your health will be. Praise the name of the Lord. And that's why it is important that you believe God for your health already. Stop waiting for Pastor Dami to pray for you. Stop waiting for Mama to lay hands on you. Stop waiting for anybody. You are more powerful about your health. You are much more powerful than any other person, no matter how anointed they are. You are much more powerful than any other factor. All right? Your own faith is so powerful. Your own faith. In fact, even more powerful than the will of Jesus. Because God's will is for everybody to be healed. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers, the man asks, will you heal me? He said, it's not about my will. It's not about my ability. It's will you believe. It's all about you right now. It's not so much about whether God wants to heal you. He does want to heal you. In fact, he already has healed you. Praise the name of the Lord. You are the one yet to receive it. Hallelujah. And so it is important that believing God for your health is the most potent way to build your faith. All right? It is the most potent way to build your faith. Every other faith that you will have to, you know, expand will have dependencies. And that's why we have to intercede long hours when it comes to praying for Nigeria. Because praying for Nigeria is not a prayer of faith. You don't just say, well, Nigeria has been whole and that's it. No, it doesn't work like that. There are so many dependencies. And the scope of these dependencies are about 150 million plus in size. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. And so it is important that you understand that there are some things that are dependent on other things. This is why there is need for intercession. But when it comes to my, my health, I don't need to intercede. I just decree the word of God until I get there as to how to believe for your ear. Has that blessed somebody already? Just two extra reasons why you need to believe God for your ear. Praise the name of the Lord. I shared with you several reasons last week, and I've added two extra. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's the perfect range for practicing faith songs. <laughs> so the next time, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like when, when they give you an experiment, right? You know, back in the university, they say, you know what? We need you to experiment and get like three rats or something like that. All right. So you are, you are sensitive to rats. All right. The rat that enters into your house is literally in trouble because now you have serious purpose for that rat. Now you will catch the rat and you will experiment all kinds of things on that rat because you have a specific purpose for having that rat and you need to use it for something. All right. That is how you will see everything that strays into It is unfortunate for it. It's unfortunate for that headache to strain to your body because now you're going to use it as a practicing or mechanism. You're going to use it to practice your faith. Hallelujah. So every time you feel sick in your body, that's an opportunity. Get excited and just decree God's word. And by the time the feeling goes, you say, yes, it's working. Yes, it's working. It's not to show that it's working. You know when you're shooting the gun, just to prove that there's bullets there. Praise God. You are so loaded. You are powerful. You need to believe that with all your heart. You're so powerful. So stop waiting and, you know, languishing and waiting for someone to pray for you. You are by yourself an army. By yourself an army. It takes an army to turn to flight another army. You are an army by yourself. The Bible says, by faith. Why not turn to flight the army of the universe? Praise the name of the Lord. You are such a powerful army. Hallelujah. Now, how do you cultivate sound health by faith? Abrahamic. So you're going to get there. 
How do you cultivate sound health? Because like I said, I established it very exhaustively last week, how that it is important for you to walk by faith for your health. Because there are several reasons, which I may not be able to run through anymore. You can go back to that teaching and just get yourself, you know, just refreshed by those thoughts. But how do you cultivate sound health by faith? Number one, by understanding the power of your genealogy. Did you hear that? Number one, by understanding the power of your genealogy. John chapter 1 from verse 11. Bible talks about how that he came unto his own and his own received him not, but as many as what received him. To them he gave power to become sons of God. Bible says they that were born not of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man. He says they were not born by blood. He says, but they were born by the will of God. That means, listen, if you're born again here, under the sound of my voice, there is a genealogy you possess that is beyond the genealogy of your father and your mother. There is a genealogy that transcends your carnal birth. There is a genealogy that transcends your normal descent. There is a genealogy that is called above. You are from above, and you are above all things. Bible says, my little children, you are of God, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is he that is in the world, but then there is another he that is in you, praise God. There is he that is in the world, and he that is in the world gives his people sicknesses and diseases and sorrow and depression, and he just whispers into their ears and they are depressed and suicidal, but there is a he that is in me that whispers to my ears every morning that I know the thoughts that I have towards you. It is thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. Oh, eyes have not seen. No ear has heard it. What I have in plans for you because I love you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you because I'm always here. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't matter what is going on around you. You will always transcend. You will always overcome because you're an overcomer. Hey, none, none can live. Who can lay an enchantment against Jacob? There is no divination against Israel. If God has blessed you, you are blessed irrevocably, irreversibly, unstoppably. Praise God. That is what he says to you. That is what he whispers to you. But there is a he that is in the world who says you are dead, you are no good, you are just a loser. That's what that he says. But there is a he that is in you. If there is anyone there with your mic on, please can you turn it off? And if you're the admin, can you help turn that mic off in case the person doesn't go? Praise the name of the Lord. There is a he that is in you. Praise God. This just gets me excited. This is one of the reasons why the word of God is so soon. Because you can get intoxicated by God's word. You can just get so excited and full of the Holy Ghost. Just reminding yourself of God's word. It's so powerful. There is a genealogy you possess. That genealogy is different from the genealogy of your parents. Different from the DNA you have. Quote and unquote in your blood vessels. Different from all those things. It's called from above. It's from above. And you see, that genealogy now gives you dual citizenship. That means you see, by the same token, as much as yes, you're human with a natural descent, with a living father and mother, because I run a kid's head, so you have a living father and mother. I saw my parents yesterday, praise God, because I have a living father and mother. Amen. You're no male kids, I have no father, no mother, no beginning of days, no end of life. You are a human being living in a mortal world. However, you have another citizenship. 
Glory to God. You have another citizenship. You are from heaven. Glory to God. You are from heaven. Praise God forever. You have another citizenship. And with every citizenship, what the citizenship confers on you is the right of residence. Hallelujah. That is about the citizenship of Canada right now. I have the right of residence in Canada. If I go to Canada, right, I'm going to be accepted and received because I'm a citizen if I've got that citizenship. However, I cannot be in Canada and Nigeria at the same time. I can only choose my residence at a point in time. I cannot say, oh, you know what, because I have dual citizenship, I'm going to stay in two countries at the same time. It doesn't work in the same vein. You've got to choose your citizenship. You've got to choose your residence. You've got to choose where you stand abide. I abide in heaven. Glory to God. I may appear on the earth, but I abide in heaven. I'm seated with him in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers and dominion and might and every name that is made not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. I know who I am. There is greater person in me than he does in the world. These are the things that you remind yourself of to just let the world know that you are from somewhere else that is different from the earth. You are from somewhere else. You are from a dispensation. You are from somewhere else. You are from a dimension. Bible says there are glories terrestrial and then there are glories celestial. It says, but the glory of the terrestrial is one and the glory of the celestial is another. There is a glory upon your life. It's called celestial glory. It's called the celestial glory. You are a star and there is a glory of that star. Woo! Each star differing in glory from another. You are a celestial star. What a joy. Praise God. You've got to understand the power of your genealogy. You've got to understand that. So that genealogy gives you dual citizenship. That means, yes, you can choose to be resident on earth, or you can choose to be resident in heaven. So that when the Lord is laughing, you can laugh at diseases and sicknesses as well. Bible says, in the face of calamity, you shall laugh. You shall laugh. Because you reside in a different dimension. You've got to believe what I'm saying to you tonight. You've got to believe it with all your heart. You've got to believe it. You've got dual citizenship. However, you can only stay one residence or in one location at a time. You cannot stay in the, in the two locations at the same time. Praise the name of Lord. What that means is this. Who really are you at the point that sicknesses and diseases are trying to harass you? Where are you? Are you earthly? Because either is of the earth is earthy. And either is from above is from above. And it's from, it's at the above also. He that is from heaven is heavenly. Where really are you? Where are you casting your mind? Where are you turning your attention? Where are you setting your affection? Praise the name of the Lord. Is it on your heavenly genealogy? Or you are just going to be so conscious of your earthly descent and your terrestrial habitat to such a degree that sicknesses and diseases can stay and perch on you? There is only so much they can stay if you are so hot for Jesus. There is a kind of heat you can radiate within your members that no sickness can stay and land and rest for a couple of days. They don't have that character in them because there's so much heat, there's so much power, so much anointing oozing out of your members. They can't stay. Where, where really do you stay? Where do you stay? Where do you stay? You've got dual citizenship. So powerful, so powerful. Praise the name of the Lord. And so as long as the diseases or sicknesses are attacking your body, maybe because they found you on earth. Because there's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There is no sorrow in heaven. There's no, there's no depression in heaven. There are no suicidal thoughts in heaven. 
So it, it depends on where they meet you. If they meet you on earth, so they can give you earthly things. They can give you downtrodden things. They can give you things that are off the earth. But you've got dual citizenship. Where do you live? Where do you reside? Far above or far below? Far above or far below? I know the powerful thing about these dual citizenship. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, that I'm saved today, that I'm saved today, right? It's not because I did anything particularly spectacular for God to save me. It was not because I performed and did something really heroic or I never lied, I never stole, I never said a word of, you know, profanity or something. It wasn't really all of that. Jesus just saved me and I believed it. Jesus sacrificed for me and I said, yes, Lord, I'm going to give my heart to you. I heard the gospel and I said, yes. I heard the gospel and I said, yes. I didn't save myself. Jesus sacrificed. He did all of that. He went to the cross. He went to Golgotha. He died. He rose again on the third day. I believed the gospel and then I got saved. Yes, I have some responsibility with respect to staying saved and loving upon Jesus. However, ultimately, God saved me. And he's the one that keeps me from falling. It's in the same token. The very same thing that got you saved is what got you healed. The very same thing that got you saved is what got you healed. So listen, if you always have to depend on your performance to stay healed, there is something wrong with your understanding of that principle. Or there is something wrong with your understanding of that provision in Christ Jesus. There is a health provision. There is a health insurance. There is a health package in Christ Jesus for you with your name on it. And it was broken for you the same way your salvation was broken for you. If you receive your salvation by faith without any contribution of the works of the flesh or any works of righteousness that you could possibly produce, how come you think that is by eating the best and by eating the right way, you know, doing lifestyle adjustments, you know, genes and then you know, all kinds of stuff that it is rooted in performance. It is rooted in reading, in understanding and researching. Instead of you to just enjoy things richly as the Lord has given it to you, the Bible says that God gives us all things richly to enjoy. I'm not saying you don't have a responsibility to take care of yourself. You do. I do. My wife does. Both of us, we have some measure of health plan when it comes to our food and all of that. But my point is I'm not extremely particular about the calorie of one thing or the other because as long as I'm being too performance driven, then I'm saying that my health is dependent on my perfection of performance. But if I believe that my health is paid by the blood, then it doesn't matter, all right, whatever, you know, how do I put it now? Whatever lapses in my performance that may occur because I'm human in that sense, the blood already covers it because I'm healed because of the blood. I'm not healed because of my performance. I'm healed because of the blood. As long as you keep depending and waiting on your performance to stay healthy, then you just might never stay healthy for a long time. Because after a while, you're going to eat something wrong. After a while, you're going to eat something accidentally wrong. The Bible says they shall take anything deadly. They will take anything deadly. And it shall not hurt them. Not because they're looking up and down, looking forward to drink that will kill them. No, they're not trying to tempt God. But if by adventure, they stumble on something deadly. The Bible says it shall not hurt them. Because they belong to another genealogy. So if I don't have to depend on my performance to stay saved, why am I depending on my performance to stay here? Why am I depending on my performance to stay here? The package of grace covered for my healing. 
in the same way he took my sins, he took my sickness. In the same way he took my sins, he took my infirmity. In the same way he took my sins, he bore my infirmity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes and he. He himself bore my sin upon his body, that I being dead to sin, my live unto righteousness. He was talking about sin and righteousness. Then the next thing we're hearing is that by whose strength we're healed. The very same thing that dealt with sickness, or rather than dealt with sin, dealt with sickness. And how you receive your salvation is how you receive your healing. It is both by faith. It is both by faith. Yes, once I'm saved, I don't have to go about up and down, you know, living in sin. No. There are tenets that I need to follow to keep, you know, myself within that company, within that commonwealth of Israel. All right? Not because I'm trying to safeguard myself, but because there is just a protocol in this new kingdom that I found myself in. But I didn't get myself saved because I know how to perform well. I got saved because I know how to believe well in him who has already done the performance for me. That is how the pattern needs to shift and change when it comes to your health, when it comes to your healing. When it comes to your health, you've got to believe God that it is by God's grace you are saving you, not by your performance, not by the things you eat or don't eat, not by the exercises you do or don't do, not by the things that you handle or don't handle. It is by faith. It is by the blood. And that's because you have a genealogy that has that package resident in itself. There is a genealogy you can go to. It has a package of health. It has your name on it. You can grab it, read the tenets, and all it says is just believe. Only believe. Oh, glory to God. Only believe. I'm here because of the blood. Hallelujah. You don't have to keep referring to your childhood, your genes, your medical history as the basis to stay sick. You don't have to. All right? But if you choose to keep going back to all oh, your childhood, you were this, you were this, your medical history, you know, all of that, then you can choose to stay on earth because you have the citizenship of earth as well. So you can choose there, you can choose to stay there. But while you are there, heaven is afar. All right? While you are there, heaven is just waiting. Like, when will you come up here? When will you step into your original habitation? All right? You can't stay in those two realms at the same time. Which one will you be? All right? Which one will you really be? Which one will you really be? That, oh, there is this history of hypertension in your, in your family, or there is this history of you know, diabetes in your family, there's this history of, you know, eye problems in your family, or that there is no history of sort in Christ. Which one will you really be? Which one? Which one? So you need to understand the power of your genealogy. Number two, you need to understand your authority. You need to understand your authority. You need to understand your authority. God wants you to move from looking for healing to dispensing help. I think I mentioned that earlier. God wants you to move from looking for someone to lay hands on you to looking for somebody to lay hands on. It's a change in perspective. It's a shift in mindset. But God wants that for you. God wants that for you. But you see, you can't shift that mindset until you understand authority. You can't shift that understanding until your mentality changes. It's a mentality problem. I tell you the truth, it's a mentality problem. Ah! I can say that a thousand times. It's a mentality problem. Every single time I read in the Bible, oh, blind Bacchimius, all oh, the woman with the issue of blood, all oh, the man that was born blind, all oh, the man that was lame in his foot, uh, from his mother's womb, all oh, this man at the gate called beautiful, all oh, this man looking for healing for his son, all oh, this man looking for healing for his servant, all oh, the Syrophoenician woman, all oh, this, all oh, that. 
We have the history and the historical data of everyone we know in scripture who was seeking healing, especially when it comes to the human issue of blood. Whenever we read about the story, it's so inspiring, it's so inspirational, it's so motivating, it just gets you off your seat. You also want to believe for healing. However, in that story, you are not the woman with the issue of blood. You are not blind but lost. You are not the man born blind. You're not the woman. All right, we're looking for healing for a daughter, the self-need. You are not those people. The mentality has to change. You are Jesus in the story. You are Jesus in the story. Bible says the woman said in her heart, if I'm a daughter, touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Imagine it just came on this earth and it was looking for somebody to touch the hem of his garment as well. Nobody will be made whole. Nobody will be healed. Nobody, nobody, because there was nobody to take authority. Everybody's waiting for somebody to show up. Everybody's playing the victim. Oh, I'm sick. I need a man. Oh, I'm sick. I need someone to scare the water. Oh, I've been here for 37 years. Nobody has scared the water. The man of the pool of Bethesda, waiting for some man. Can you just get on here and say, you know what? Enough of waiting and sick and tired of staying sick. How about I just grab my authority back then and get on healing? Bishop Benson, the doctor, I was not looking for somebody to heal. He was looking for somebody to heal. He heard, you know, in a teaching, one of his pastors had mentioned that if you believe there is the dead. He said, are you sure about that? The man said, yes. He said, have you raised the dead before? The man said, well, not quite. But if you believe it, there is the dead. He said, are you sure? He said, yes. And he took his bicycle and he was riding downtown. And then he was looking for any dead man here. He will knock a door and say, any dead man here. He will knock another. How many dead people are here? Until he found a dead child in the evening. Glory to God. And he got that child saved or rather healed and raised from the dead. What? That's what we're talking about. That is what can cause a revolution. That is what can cause a revival. If I, if I put a banner out there, how that I, I'm, I'm an anointed man that can heal, you know, all kinds of diseases, that place is going to be packed full. It's a mindset. It's a victimized mindset. We need, we need when God has empowered us. These signs are full of them that believe. A sign is not a clue. A sign is not a hidden thing shrouded in secrecy. A sign is designed to be exposed. He said, I'm a sign. These signs are full of them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, in my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, they shall take up serpents. He says, in my name, they shall drink anything deadly. It will not hurt them. He says, in my name, they shall lay hands on the sea. Mark 16, 17 and 18. And he says, the sick will recover. In my name, these are signs. That is, you ought to be a moving symbol. You've got to be a moving sign. Signs are not placed in a hidden place. Signs are put on an express road. They are placed in open spaces. They are placed for visibility. The bigger, the better. It is all about being visible. That's what a sign is. That's what you are. That's the sign that is designed to follow you. That's the sign. That's the sign. You are a wonder. Don't you understand? You've got power in your mental body. Stop waiting for healing. Start dispensing healing. You know, you know, this can change your mind really fast. Because if all you are looking for is how to get healed, that's your target. If all I'm looking for is how to start healing others, then listen, the minimum requirement for that target is that I'm already here. Don't you understand? I'm not trying to just get to another state. I'm already planning to get to the next country. Then that, you see, that presupposes that I'm leaving my country. 
That's what it means. It presupposes that, listen, for me to go to another country, I'm already living where I am. But if my, if my target is not move from one step to the other, then, well, I just might never live where I am because my target is always in front of me. But if my target is to start healing others, all that will oppress the death because God is with me, then the minimum requirement is that I'm already healed. The minimum requirement is that I'm already divinely healed, that I have sound health within my members. That I'm a walking transmitter of the healing anointing. That's the mindset. If my target is to go about healing, healing all the oppressed of the world, oh yeah, then the minimum requirement is that I'm already healed. So I'm not teaching you how to stay healthy so that you alone will be the only one experiencing that health. I'm teaching you not just how to stay healthy for yourself, but how to become a dispenser of healing to everybody around you. That's the purpose of this teaching. This is not a selfish, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's not about just getting you to get comfortable as long as I'm fine, as long as, because it's the same thing. Why does God want to prosper you? Is this just so that you can get all you can, sit on top of the can, and all, until all the things in the can get spoiled and damaged? Is it just so that you can send your children to the best schools, you know, take care of the family and stuff, and that's all? It is so that you can spread the kingdoms to the ends of the earth. Through prosperity, it is in the same vein. God is not healing you, so you just stay healed, and that's all you know. It is so that you can spread the fragrance of His goodness by Him in every place. Become the dispenser of this healing anointing. That's the purpose of you getting healed in the first place. All right, but you've got to understand yourself. It's it's a mentality problem. So when we read those stories, we see ourselves in the story of the woman with of blood. We see ourselves in the story of a man that was blind and his mother's blood. We see ourselves, and it, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it is wrong for you to seek or feel some pain in your body, but the mentality has to be this. I'm the healer looking for people to get healed. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. Don't you understand? It's a mindset. Jesus is the person you're supposed to be mirroring. Peter is the person you're supposed to be mirroring. Paul is the person you're supposed to be mirroring. Don't you understand? A Bible fasting itself under the hands of Paul. And of course, while that was happening, the people viewed him and said, oh my God, this guy must have been a really bad guy, maybe a drug dealer, maybe some really terrible guy, because God has not vindicated all his enemies, or rather all the people that he has, you know, killed or whatever it is, and now he's about to die. Ah, we're just going to watch him as he has a photo of and starts to die. And Bible says they waited one, two, three, four hours, and Bible says they changed their mind. Some people are about to change their mind on your, on your case. Some people are about to change their mind on your reality. Some people are about to change their mind about the things they used to think about you. They thought you were weakling. They thought there was no good to you. But they're about to change their mind. Because after all, people says they changed their mind. Because they saw this guy was going to die. Woo! She wasn't dying. He didn't look like he was going to die anytime soon. Praise God. And so they changed their mind. And they gave themselves over to him. And Paul preached to them, preached the gospel to them, and got all of them say, Praise the name. Even heal somebody in that village or in that village in Malta there. What a man. A viper that just a little injection of its venom into your body and you're dead. This thing fasting itself injected a big volume of it into Paul. And Bible says, It's a mentality. It's a mentality. Bible says he just shook it into the fire. He didn't go for any medical checkup. He didn't go for any laboratory test. He just shook it into the fire and continued and said, nothing happened. It's a mentality thing. Guys, it's a mentality. The lion is not the biggest in the jungle. The lion is not the smartest in the jungle. The lion is not the, he's not the bravest. He's not necessarily the fastest. 
For there is something about the lion. It's its mentality. When the lion sees an elephant, even though the elephant is bigger, stronger, much more powerful, he does not see a threat. He sees a male. It's a mentality. The ten spies went to the land of Canaan, and they all they were seen were giants that could trample upon them. That was just beat all them who were like, how could they have possibly seen how the giants saw them? It's a mentality problem. And then to Joshua and Caleb, the very same thing. Not a different set of giants. They were not any different. They were just about the same height as every other, you know, ten of those other spies. The same people, the same height, the same Israelites. The same giants that they all were seeing, but there was a difference in mentality. Some others were seeing threats. Joshua and Caleb were seeing bread. He says, they're like bread before us. Hey, they're like bread before us. He says, let us go up at once. At once. At once. Bread. Praise the name of the Lord. It's a mentality problem. And so when sickness comes, what's the mentality you have? Ah, this thing is about to kill me. This thing, ah, hey, oh, hope, hope I'll survive this leg. Hope I'll survive this, this next week. Oh, hope I will not die soon. That, you see, the devil introduces all of this thought into your mind to weaken your mentality. I, I, I mean, I mean, we, we saw in Matthew City where some people had a weak mentality. All right? Weak, weak mentality. And you see, when you have a weak mentality, it doesn't matter how much advantage you think you have. You can lose it in a moment. Because you have the advantage. You are born of God. You are from above. You are above all things. But once the mentality is weakened by a, an introduction of a virus in your mindset, the devil will capitalize until you capitulate. That's the plan of the devil. He will put in a foothold until he takes the whole building. He's not going to stop because it comes to steal until he kills, until he completely annihilates and destroys. That's his plan. You don't let him. You don't embrace what you're supposed to resist. You are the dispenser of healing. And the dispenser of healing. You're not hiding from the devil. You are looking out and saying, where are you? That's the mindset. That's the mentality. You are not saying sickness, don't come near me. You are looking for the sickness so you can get it displayed. That's the mindset. It's a mentality problem. And you need to understand your authority before you can begin to stand, before you can begin to stand in this capacity. Praise the name of the Lord. I hope you are still with me. If you are still with me, say I hear, say I hear, say I hear. Say, say I hear. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say I hear. Hebrews chapter 11. Praise God. Hebrews 11, verse 30, 30, I think it was 34, talking about how that through faith they quench the violence of fire. That was says through faith they escaped the edge of the sword. That was says through faith that they, out of weakness they were made strong. Hallelujah. That was says that through faith, he says they watched Gilead in fight. And he says through faith they turned to flight the armies of aliens. Aliens do not come to be accommodated. They come to completely annihilate the host, the original host. So when that sickness is coming, you see there is an army behind it. But it was the one that was sent as the spy to check out your level of resistance. If you've got strong resistance, it, it, it will have to back off until another opportune time, which is what the devil always does. He never leaves you forever. He just leaves you for another opportune time. You are the one that must resist and steadfast in faith so that at any point it comes to visit. You, are, you always have the, you know, your total on. All, your legs are always on the accelerator. You are not backing down. You're not decelerating. You're not backsliding. You're always on that front foot. You're always on the ascendancy. You're always on the front foot. Do you understand that? That's the mentality. That's the mindset. He says the turn to fight the army of the universe. You are a mobile army. A mobile army. All right? That's who you are. 
you turn to fly the others of the Indians. Once they're coming in one way, you scatter them in seven different ways. That's who you are. You can explode hell. You are that much of a dynamite. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of I hope you are listening to what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Quickly, let's go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. The story of the woman who was bound over. You know, and it's so it's really so sad, right? Have you gotten there? Luke chapter 13. Can someone read for us? Just turn on your mic and read for us. The story of the woman who was bound over by the devil for 18 years. Anybody there? Hallelujah. You can read from verse 12. Or you can read from 11. Who's reading for us? Me. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay. And behold, there was a woman who had had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed the sab- on the Sabbath, <clears throat> said to the people, There are six days in which... Can, 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 you, can you run to 15? Run, run to 15. Okay. Then the Lord answered him, "You hypocrite! Oh, no, no. go to 16, 16, 16. Okay, 16. And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day?" I've, yeah, that's where I'm going. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's where I'm going. Now, this woman was bound for eighteen years, and Jesus gave the exact prognosis about this condition. It says she was bound by Satan, all right, for 18 years. But guess what? She was a daughter of Abraham. She had a covenant of health, part of the package, part of the provision. She was a daughter. See, this is not a Syrophoenician woman who was not an Israelite. This was a daughter of Abraham. And for 18 years, she went through a sickness she had no business with. You see, there is a doctrine being, being peddled that, you see, God will use sicknesses and diseases to teach you, you know, and help you to grow. It's from hell. Don't believe such a doctrine. Don't believe such a message. It is not true. The same way God will not tempt you with sin, God will not tempt you with sickness. Because the very same way he handled sin was the same way he handled sickness. If you ever get sick, it's not from God. It may be caused by your foolishness. It may be caused by the devil, but definitely not from God. Never accept it into your your arena. Never accept it into your life, into your vicinity. And begin to embrace what you have to resist. For 18 years, this daughter of Abraham really had no business with being sick or sick and bound over for 18 years. And then the hypocrites and the Pharisees were saying, what is wrong with you? How would you be doing this kind of thing on a Sabbath day? And he said, oh, really? Really, hypocrites? If, if you had, and then he gave the illustration, if you had, you know, and asked that God lost, wouldn't you go get him up, you know, on, on, on the Sabbath day? And he says, in the same vein, shouldn't this woman being a daughter of Abraham, don't you understand that phrase? 
that listen, she has no business in this condition. This is a daughter of Abraham. The more reason why she shouldn't even be sick in the first place. She's a daughter of Abraham. Go from pillar to post looking for crusades. How for one man of God to lay hands, lay leg, you will send handkerchiefs for them looking for healing that ought not be lost. They ought to be dispensers of this healing anointing. But here they are starving to death. When the water is right beside them, they are saying, God, we are dying of thirst. The water is right beside you, in many cases, right inside of you. And here you are saying, God, I need healing. I need healing. I need healing. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom the devil has bound these 18 years, ah, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Sometimes people come with sickness. The devil cast, Jesus cast out devils. And I wonder, but it was sickness. They wanted to be healed. You know, what did Jesus call it? He called it the spirit of infirmity. Because sometimes some healings are really not healings. They are deliverances. You see, you've got to sometimes be able to recognize a spirit inside an infirmity. So the thing you think you are embracing as a, a headache, a small sickness, may just be a spirit to embrace. Because the Bible looks at him, or Jesus looks at her, and he says, this woman is being bedeviled by the spirit of infirmity. The spirit of infirmity. A daughter of Abraham being in bondage to the spirit of infirmity. A daughter of Abraham. So it's possible to be a daughter of Abraham and be languishing in sicknesses and diseases and justifying it with reasons that are not found in scripture. All right. I, I will need about 10 extra minutes tonight because this business we're doing tonight is a very serious business. It's a serious business. It has sent people to untimely death. It has, it has ruined a lot of families. It has, it has changed some people's lives and fortune forever to the negative. And it's, it's important that at this age, in this our demography, we learn how to deal with this. You can't get into marriage if you are not strong health-wise in terms of your understanding of how you can cast out devils because the devil will attack you, all right? He's always on that attack mode ready. So this is not me taking your time. This is me arming you with weapons of war. You need it. You need this season. You need this session. You need this teaching. Praise the name of the Lord. Bible talks about how that she being a daughter of Abraham, she has no business being sick, but she was sick for what? For 18 years. And she could have been sick for far more. She could have been sick for far much more. Imagine somebody who is bent over. How can she straighten somebody else up? Somebody bent over for 18 years. How can she even see if any other person is bent over? You see, that's what sicknesses and diseases do. You see, they just make you so self-absorbed. You are just all about yourself. All you're going through, the things that you're not working, every, it's all about you. You're bent over. The only reality you see is your reality. You can't see, you can't lift up your head and see from a bigger perspective and see a world beyond your life, see a world beyond your locale, see a world beyond your own budget and beyond your own revenue and beyond your own income and beyond your own family. You are just bent over, bent over. That's what sicknesses and diseases do. They just keep you bent over in bondage to the sick, to Satan and to the devil. In bondage. Bible says, I'm not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who the devil has bound for these 18 years. Be from her bone on the Sabbath day. Praise the name of the Lord. 
you know, the woman with the issue of blood said, if I may just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She had the right to say that because Jesus had not died. He had not been raised from the dead. You don't even say that because there's no Jesus to go and touch the hem of his garment. You have the Jesus on earth today who people should be looking for how to touch the hem of your garment. It's a change in mentality. It's a change in mindset. You've got to understand your authority. You've got to understand what it means to be a daughter of Abraham. You've got to understand what it means to be a child of God. You've got to understand what it means to be in Christ. You've got to understand. You've got to understand. How many sons and daughters of Abraham are bound to be? That your daughter and the son of Abraham does not mean you will walk in the covenant of hell that Abraham walked in automatically. You've got to know what it means to be a daughter of Abraham. You've got to know what it means to be a son of Abraham. You've got to know what it means to be a seed of Abraham. You've got to know what Abraham knew. You've got to know what Abraham said. What did Abraham have found? What did he find? What has he found? If you don't know what he found, you cannot find it in all reality. You just keep singing the song, Abraham blessing the man. You've got to find what he found. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to I, I, I want to be that external voice tonight. Say, you ought not be bound. You're a daughter of Abraham. You ought not be bound. You ought not be struggling with this sickness and disease. You, you ought not to be, you know, struggling with this pattern, this unhealthy pattern in your, in, your, in your lineage. You ought not. You ought not. All right. Let me be that voice in your life tonight. Number three, understand your weapons of faith. As we begin to wrap up tonight. Understand the power of your genealogy. Understand your authority, which will eventually change your mentality. All right. And then understand your weapons of faith. Understand your weapons of faith. Your weapons of faith are instrumental to your dealing with health crisis. Your weapons will work best when they are full of and filled with God's word regarding your healing. Your weapons are three. Three weapons. Your mouth, your heart, and your action. Those are your three weapons. Your mouth. Your heart and your action. You've got to seal your mouth, seal your heart, and then encapsulate your whole body inside the word of God. Let your whole life be filled and dipped into God's word. That is your weapon of warfare. Those are your weapons. Your mouth, your heart, and your body, your actions. Now, I'd like us to do something very interesting tonight. I'd like everyone here to choose their scripture and i'd like all of us to read it right and, and i'll explain what i mean okay so i need you to read very quickly very quickly please so i'll copy you right now put it in the chat room and then you choose your own scripture and then once you choose your scripture you just read it out all right so quickly we're gonna do that very quickly very quickly let's let's just do that very quickly praise the name of the lord Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name. So just choose the one you're going to choose and then start reading it out quickly, quickly, quickly. You don't have the time. All right. So while someone starts reading, then you know that that's not the one for you. So just look for something else. All right. Or you can just quote the one you're going to be reading and then we'll just go ahead quickly. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, quickly, quickly, quickly. Who is reading Exodus 15, 26? Exodus 23, 25, Deuteronomy 7, 15, Mark 3, 15, Matthew 10, 1, Matthew 10, 8, Matthew 14, 14 Matthew 8, 16, 17. Okay, who is reading? Who is reading? Praise God. First Peter 2, yes. Who is reading? Quickly. First Peter 2, 24. 
Okay, go ahead. As in, go ahead. He himself bore our sins in first, so that we may die to sin and to be for righteousness by his wounds we have been healed. Glory to God. By whose stripes? So you were healed. You were healed. Praise God. Thank you, Tajik. All right, quickly, write down the word you're going to be reading so that everyone knows and then you move on to, to, to quote it. Praise God. Emmanuel, are you reading? Who's, who's reading next? It will be. Can you hear me? It will be fantastic. Go ahead. Yeah, Acts chapter 8, verse 7. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of men who were possessed, and men who were paralyzed wow. and lame were healed. Hallelujah. 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 Who is reading? Praise God. Deuteronomy 7, verse 15. And the Lord will take away from, from thee all sickness and will put none of evil disease of Egypt, which thou knowest upon thee. But we'll lay them upon wow. all of them that hate thee. Wow. Praise God. You see, when we, when we are reading, let's, you know, I like the way Nick has read it. Let's, let's read it with some gusto, some gusto. Praise God. With authority. Amen. The mentality has to change from tonight. All right. We are not looking for healing. We are looking for how to dispense healing now. That's the mindset. So let's read it with power, with grace, with authority. Who is reading next? Praise God. I've read in Mark 9, 22-23. And many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Then Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. Praise God. To him that believes, all things are possible. Who's Praise next, God. I've been reading Mark 3, verse 15. And to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. Ooh! Praise God. Hallelujah. I have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. Remember, Jesus gave his disciples this power. He gave them this take, take it. <laughs> take it. You cannot cast out devils and heal diseases. What a job. Next, 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 next. Next, Praise next. God. I'll be reading Mark 14, verse 14. And Jesus got out of the boat, and when he saw the large crowd, his heart was filled with pity for them, and he healed their sick. <laughs> he healed all of them. He healed all of them. Wow. Next, next, next. I'll be reading Luke 18. Who had come to hear him Fantastic. and to be healed of their disease of their diseases? They, Those troubled by a pure spirit were cured. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. They came to hear him and to be healed. And Bible says they that came with all these infirmities and diseases, they were healed. Wow. Faith filled scripture. Where is that scripture that talks about it? Luke 17 that talks about the power of God of strength to heal all of them? It would be good to just, you know, read that as well. I think that's Luke 17. All right, who else? Is there any pending scripture that you have to read? 1 Peter 2, verse 24. He himself yeah, bore us. Oh, yes, go ahead. Okay, he no, himself no, no, bore our sins in his body on Hallelujah. the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, by whose strike ye were healed. You were healed. You were healed. Nobody has read 26. I'm reading 23. Okay, I think it's 23 to 25. 
I'm reading Exodus 33, 25. I shall serve the Lord my God, and he will bless my bread and my water, and he will take away sicknesses away from the midst of me. Hallelujah. He will take it away. He already took it. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's go to uh, Acts 28, 19. Acts 28, 19. Good evening. I'm reading Hallelujah. Acts 8, 7. Acts 8, 7. It says, For unclean yeah, yeah, spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. What a joy, what a joy, what a joy. Any other pending one? Mark 1, 24. Mark 1, 34. Then he healed yes. many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Praise God. Wow. Matthew chapter 10, I... verse 1 and verse 8. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of disease. And verse this eight. Is who you are, guys. This is who you are. Go ahead, go ahead. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Absolutely, you have received this. How you give? Hey, can you see that? This is who you are. You are not the blind Bartimaeus. You are not the woman by the, you know, the woman with the issue of blood. You are not the man by the pool of Bethesda. You are these people that the Lord has given power. To cast out sicknesses, to cast out demons, to heal all kinds of diseases, to raise the dead. These signs are followed under believe. Can we read Mark, Mark 16, 17 to 18? It's not here, but let's read that. Let's read that. Let's read that. Oh, bless me, God. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Yeah, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new languages, they will pick up snakes. If they should drink anything Hallelujah. deadly, it will never harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Amen and amen. Isaiah 53, let's read from verse 3 to 5. Isaiah 53. Woo! Who's reading that for us? He was despised quickly, and rejected quickly. by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. It was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and mm. we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore mm. our sicknesses and he carried our pains. Mm. But, in, but we mm. in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God mm. and, and mm. afflicted. But he was pierced because mm. of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. Mm. Punishment for our mm. peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. Hallelujah, hallelujah. These are just the these are just few of the very many healing scriptures in the Bible. Many, many, many. How God healed, how Jesus still heals in today and forever. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, by the time you fill your heart and your mind and your soul with these realities, you see, you are not even giving any opportunity for the devil to have a foothold because you are full of the word. These are your weapons. These are your weapons of faith. 
You fill your mouth, fill your heart, and fill your life with the word of God. That's how you deal with sicknesses and diseases. You are not from here. You are from above. You are, not, you are above all things. Romans chapter 4. Let's, let's read Romans chapter 4 from verse 16 to 21. Let me read that. Let me read that. Let me read that. Romans chapter 4 from verse 16 to 21 as we begin a round up tonight. Oh, I'm so excited. Hallelujah. I feel some people have been delivered tonight. I believe so strongly in my spirit that some people have been delivered tonight. Their mindset about healing has changed forever. Bible says, therefore, it is okay that I be by grace, the end of the promise of the church, all that seed, not only to them which are of the law, but also to them which are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all the law. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before whom we believe. Even God who quickens the dead and calls those things that beat us as though they were. Who against hope believed hope that it had be called the father of many nations according to that which was spoken? So shall thy seed be and be not with faith to consider not his own body now dead. When it was about a hundred years old, he in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered under the promise of the Lord through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was able to perform, and therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Four keys, four keys. Let's give you four keys from Romans chapter 4, which is the story of Abraham. Because this teaching is contending for your health Abrahamically. Number one, believe God. Believe God. Bible says Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. All right? He believed God. What did he believe about God? That God was willing to heal. And that God was able to heal. Praise God. And beyond just healing, he was able to quicken the dead. If you can believe that God is able to quicken the dead, you can believe that God is able to heal anything. All right? So you already believe the greatest. So anything in between was already part of the belief. Amen. Amen. He believed that God could quicken the dead. And if he believed that God could quicken the dead, there is nothing, there is no disease that God will not be able to heal because everything is sub-death. Everything is sub-death. And if God could conquer death, there is no sickness that would be too great for him to conquer. God can quicken the dead. God can quicken the dead. He calls those things that be not as though they were. So even when the feeling is coming in your body, can you begin to call those things that be not as though they were? Can you believe God? Can you believe God? Number two, tie your mouth to what was spoken. Bible says, as it is written, so shall thy seed be. Praise the name of the Lord. It says, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Who against hope believe in hope? According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. That means he tied his mouth to what was spoken. He did not tie his mouth to what he was feeling. He tied his mouth to what was spoken. So the, 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 the Lord called him the father of many nations. He changed his name to Abraham. And so he started calling himself Abraham as well. He started saying, I'm the father of many nations. That is what was spoken. I'm not going to start tying my, my mouth with what I can feel, what I can taste, what I can smell, with my carnal senses. For we walk not by sight, but by faith. And so he began to walk by faith. And he tied his confessions, tied his mouth. To that which was spoken, not to that which was feeling, not to that which he was feeling in his mortal body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To that which was spoken, we then have the same spirit of faith. Wherefore it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, we therefore speak. A sign that you believe is your speaking. There is a way those who believe speak. There is a way they speak. They tie their mouth to that which was spoken. Glory to God. Hallelujah. While we look at the things which are sinful, the things which are temporal, and the things which are not seen are eternal. The things that are eternal is that you are healed eternally. 
The things that are eternal is that you are saved eternally. The, the things that are eternal is that God loves you eternally. These are the things that are eternal. Now your feelings may contraindicate this reality. But you cannot afford to start believing your feelings. You've got to believe the things that are eternal. Why would you look at the things which are seen? That sickness can be seen. So therefore it is temporal. But the things that cannot be seen is the redemptive right that God has broken for you in Christ Jesus. You are healed forever. That is eternal. Put your mind there. Put your mouth there. Praise the name of the Lord. Number three, consider not the body. Consider not the body, all right? It's a mental activity as well. It's a bodily activity as well. That is when you say consider not the body, that means stop visiting your body to ask, what can I do? No, you decide what the body must do. It's a mental shift. It's a mental shift. Consider not the body now there. Imagine if Abraham was considering his body now there, he would never have slept with his wife when he believed that it was time for him to have Isaac. So he did not even, he didn't even consult with his body. That do you feel up to this? Do you feel okay? Can you do this? He even conferred not with his own flesh and blood. He just went ahead to do the will of God. So your actions have to stand in line with your faith. Your actions have to stand in line with what you believe. Your actions have to stand in line with what you have been speaking. They can't be standing with your feelings. They can't be standing with your emotions. They've got to stand with your faith. They've got to stand with your words. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, consider not his own body now there. Neither hear the deafness of Sarah Ruth. Bible says he staggered not, that's the last one. He staggered not for the promise of love and belief, but he was strong in faith. Give being glory to God. Number one, believe God. Number two, tie your mouth to what was spoken. Number three, consider not your body. And number four, give glory to God. Be strong in faith, giving glory to God. Be strong in faith, giving glory to God. Or how do you give glory to God? Imagine yourself here. Imagine yourself going up and down. In my Bible to this man in Acts chapter 3, Bible says he lived, he walked, he started praising God. That's what it means to give glory to God. Every part of your body is involved. Your mouth is involved. Your heart is involved. Your body is involved. Everything gives glory to God because now you are here. Your body is involved. Your words are involved. Your heart is busting with joy and praise and gratitude. That is what it means. That is what it means. That is what it means. There's no glory in sickness. There's no glory in poverty and depression. There's no glory in all of these things. The devil is the sponsor of these things. God is not going to train you and teach you submission, obedience, any of those things with sickness. There are several other ways God can teach you. Several other ways. He's not going to put sickness on you. However, you are in this world. So yes, expect to feel this way once in a while because you are in this world, but don't now accept it and embrace it. Resist it! But that's the devil knocking at your door. Not Jesus, not God. That's the devil. That's the devil. God does not postpone a salvation experience. In the same way, he never postpones a healing. Never. The same thing that dealt with salvation dealt with your sickness and your disease. Praise the name of the Lord. So the moment you feel like you need healing, receive it right there. God will never postpone it. Say, oh, well, I'm sorry, we packed up for today. We are not in session. We are on the break. No way. Anyone who wants to get saved, get saved that moment. God will never postpone a salvation experience. In the same way, he will never postpone a healing, a healing experience. In the name of Jesus. What a blessing. I don't have the time to, to share with you my story of how I dealt with hepatitis B, um, asthma, warm in my eye, you know, a number of things that the Lord has helped me overcome and how, by the grace of God, I've seen people healed of blood diseases, I've seen people healed of cancer. I've seen a woman who came to a teaching where I was, where I was ministering and the woman was really condescending. She looked at me and said, who is this boy? Who's coming to teach you? And she sat down throughout the teaching. 
For two reasons, number one, she had pain in her joints. And number two, even if she had no pain in her joints, I was not going to stand up while I was sitting anyway. So every time I said stand to your bitch, you're just there looking at me. And then the power of God hit, hit her where she was and she was healed supernaturally. And then she had to confess to me and say, well, she, she disdained me in her, in her heart. She didn't believe there was anything good that could come out of my mouth. And before I left that place, she was healed supernaturally. You know, I remember the day I was going to share this story of how I was healed of hepatitis B as well on OU campus. That day was raining, cats and dogs, and I, I went to that teaching. I, I just felt so full of the anointing that day. And uh, people waited to hear me teach. They sat, or rather they stood, because everywhere was wet. So they stood, and they were just waiting to hear me teach. And the moment I climbed on that pulpit, every drop of rain stopped literally on campus it was i've never seen that kind of thing before once they called me up i went off stage and everything stopped and the moment i finished they couldn't even do the announcement the race started again it was like god just held it for that teaching to happen and healings happened in that service that night because these things are real these things are true bible says write these things down they are true and they are faithful these things are true these things i've shared with you are not things that i i read from a book these are things that i've lived out in my life I don't have the opportunity, like I said, to share with you how the Lord healed you of hepatitis B, all right? But I believe if you listen to everything I've said tonight and you just practice these things, the devil will take <laughs> Of course, God committed to take sickness away from you. But even the devil will start fearing to put sickness on you because he knows that the moment he tries it, he's in trouble because he knows the kind of dynamite that you are right now. Praise the name of the Lord. I hope you have been blessed tonight. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just staying through. Um, I trust that the Lord will continue to strengthen your hands. All right. There will be seasons where we'll talk about how to manage your health better in a more, you know, psychological, medical sense. Okay. Uh, there will be time to, to explain all of those things, your diet, your exercise. Those things are important. Okay. Please don't get me wrong. This is not an attempt to completely discount on all of those things. Please take care of yourself. Rest when you need to rest. Ensure that you take the right things to the right cautions and don't, don't, don't just drive yourself to a halt. All right. These things are important to do. However, you need to understand the advantage you have and the bigger advantage. The bigger advantage is the covenant of Jesus, is the blood, is the healing anointing in your veins. Praise the name of Allah. There's nothing good about sicknesses and diseases. All right. People die in, in, in hospitals every single day. God is not the one killing them, it's sickness that's killing them. Praise God. And we need to start healing the sick rather than looking for healing. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for tonight. You see, every single person who understands my voice is established in this truth and in all righteousness. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless your hearts. Wow! What a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Powerpoint Tribe.